We are continuing our series on the book of Judges this evening by looking at the story of Samson, probably one of the best known of the judges. Um, Samson's story is three, 13, 14, 15, 16, four chapters long, and so I'm going to be reading it from a children's Bible, which I have here. Uh, if you like, you may turn to uh, Judges 13 through 16. Um, in your pew Bibles, but if you prefer to just listen, that is okay too. The story of Samson. And so the, story, the reason I'm reading it from a children's Bible and the reason I'm reading it in its entirety is because the story of Samson really is a story that you have to hear all together, even though it's kind of long. But you should know that uh, as a children's Bible, like all good children's Bibles, this one skips all the stories about prostitutes. So just as you're listening to the story, imagine a few stories about prostitutes sprinkled throughout, and you'll get a good sense for who Samson is. This is not, this is not a happy story. <clears throat> but... As we prepare to hear God's word, let's come before him in prayer. O oh Lord our God, some stories in scripture seem to be there just to challenge us. They give us more questions than answers, and they make us wonder. And many of the stories that we've been reading from the book of Judges seem to be stories like that. And so, Lord, we pray for an extra measure of grace as we approach these words this evening. Send us your Holy Spirit to open our eyes to open our ears, to open our minds, and to open our hearts to all that it is that you would have us see and hear and know and believe. Transform us more and more, we pray, into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> the story of Samson. The Israelites again did what was evil in God's eyes, and God delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. There was a certain man from the tribe of Dan whose name was Manoah. He and his wife had no children. But one day an angel appeared to the woman and said to her, You will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. Be careful not to drink any wine or liquor or eat anything impure, for your son will be a Nazarite, a person dedicated to God. No razor shall ever touch his head, and he will save Israel from the Philistines. The woman went and told her husband, A man of God came to me. 
He seemed like an angel. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he did not tell me his name. But he did tell me that I would become pregnant and give birth to a son who is to be a Nazarite from the day of his birth until the day he dies. That's why I'm not to drink wine or liquor or eat anything impure. And so Manoah prayed to God, Please send the man of God to us again and let him teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. God heard Manoah's prayer and sent the angel to the woman again while she was alone in a field. She ran to tell her husband, and Manoah followed his wife and came to the man of God. Manoah asked him, What is your name? For we would like to honor you when these words come true. The angel replied, You must not ask me my name, for it is beyond knowing. Then Manoah offered a young goat and a grain offering as a sacrifice to God. And then a marvelous thing happened. As Manoah and his wife watched, the angel of God rose up toward heaven on the flames of the sacrifice. In terror, Manoah and his wife threw themselves to the ground, and the angel never appeared to them again. Manoah said to his wife, We will surely die, for we have seen God. His wife replied, with a bit of wisdom, If God had meant to kill us, he wouldn't have accepted our offering, or let us see these things, or given us such wonderful news. And as the angel had promised, the woman soon became pregnant and gave birth to a son whom she named Samson. The boy grew up, and God blessed him. One day, Samson saw a Philistine woman, and he went home and told his parents that he wished to marry her. But they said to him, Is there no one for you among your own people? Why must you go marry a Philistine? Samson answered, She is the one who pleases me. So Samson and his parents went to meet the woman's family. His parents did not know that this was all part of God's plan because God wanted to anger the Philistines who ruled Israel at the time. When Samson reached the vineyards near where the woman lived, he was attacked by a full-grown lion. Filled with the Spirit of God, Samson tore the lion apart with his bare hands. But he did not tell his parents what he had done. A year later, Samson went back to marry the Philistine woman. Along the way, he saw the carcass of the lion that he had killed. Inside the animal's skeleton, he found a swarm of bees and honey. He scooped up some of the honey with his hands and ate it on his way. When he met his parents, he gave them some of the honey to eat, and he did not tell them where it came from. Samson held a wedding feast, as young men used to do. 
The people of his wife's town chose 30 young men to celebrate with him. Samson said to the young men, I have a riddle for you. If you can solve it during the seven days of the feast, I will give you 30 linen robes. But if you can't guess the answer, you must give me 30 linen robes. Tell us your riddle, they said. And so he told them. Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. For three whole days, they tried but could not guess the answer. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, Get the answer from your husband or else we'll set your father's house on fire. Did you invite us here to ruin us? So Samson's wife came crying to him. She said, Samson, you don't really love me. You asked my countrymen a riddle, but you won't tell me the answer. I haven't even told my own father and mother, Samson protested. Why should I tell you? And so for three days, she nagged him and nagged him and cried many tears until at last he told her the answer and she told her countrymen. And so on the seventh day, just before sunset, they said to Samson, we have a riddle for you. What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Samson said, if you had not gone to my wife, you would never have unriddled my riddle. And then Samson, ablaze with the Spirit of God, went off and stripped 30 strangers of their robes and gave those robes to the young men who had answered his riddle. And then Samson was so angry about everything that happened that he just went home without his wife. And so her father married her off to one of the wedding guests. Sometime later, during the wheat harvest, Samson came to visit who he thought was his wife. And he brought her a young goat as a gift. He said to her father, let me go to my wife's room. But her father would not let him go in. He said, I was so sure that you hated her that I married her off to one of the wedding guests. But she has a younger sister who is not married. Maybe you could marry her. Samson was angry. And he replied, Do not blame me for the harm I'm about to do to all you Philistines. Samson went and caught 300 foxes. He tied their tails together two by two and tied a torch between each of their tails and then set them loose in the fields of the Philistines, scorching both the harvested and the standing grain, the vineyards and the olive trees. Who did this? demanded the Philistines. It was Samson, they were told. His father-in-law gave his wife to one of his wedding guests. So Samson went into hiding in a cave. The Philistines then marched against Judah. Why have you gathered against us? The men of Judah asked them. We've come to take Samson prisoner, the Philistines replied, to pay him back for what he did to us. 
3,000 men of Judah then went out and searched the mountains for Samson's cave. They said to Samson, You know that the Philistines are our rulers. Why did you do this? I did to them only what they had already done to me, said Samson. The men of Judah said, We've come to take you prisoner and hand you over to the Philistines. Samson said, Then promise me that you will not attack me yourselves. And they replied, We promise that we will only hand you over to the Philistines. We will not attack you or kill you ourselves. And so they tied Samson up with two new ropes and took him to the Philistine camp. When the Philistines saw Samson, they began to shout. Filled with the Spirit of God, Samson ripped apart his bonds and spotting the fresh jawbone of a donkey nearby, he grabbed hold of it and killed a thousand men. And Samson led Israel for 20 years. Then Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah. The lords of the Philistines came to Delilah and said, If you find out what makes Samson so strong and find out how we can overpower him, how we can tie him up so that he's helpless, we will each pay you 1,100 shekels of silver. So Delilah asked Samson, tell me what makes you so strong. How can you be tied up so that you're helpless? Samson replied, if I were tied up with seven branches from green saplings, which haven't yet been dried, I would become as weak as any ordinary man. And so Delilah tied him up with seven green saplings while the Philistines lay in ambush in the next room. And then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines are here. Samson ripped apart the bonds as if they were straw scorched by fire. And the secret of his strength remained unknown. Delilah said to him, You lied to me, Samson. Tell me how you can be bound. If I were tied up with new ropes that have never been used, he told her, I would become as weak as any ordinary man. So Delilah tied him up with new ropes while the Philistines lay in ambush in the next room. Samson, the Philistines have come! And he snapped the ropes off his arms like thread. Delilah cried, You've lied to me again! Tell me, how can you be bound? Samson replied, If you weave the seven locks of my hair into a loom and pin them to the wall, then I'll become as weak as any ordinary man. She did so and cried, Samson, the Philistines have come. And he woke up and pulled himself free. Delilah said, how can you say you love me if you don't trust me? You've tricked me three times. Now tell me what makes you so strong. Samson was so tired of her nagging that he told her everything. He said, no razor has ever touched my head. 
I've been a Nazarite dedicated to God since I was born. If my hair were cut, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as an ordinary man. Delilah was certain that Samson was telling her the truth this time, and so she sent a message to the lords of the Philistines, come once more, for this time he has told me everything. And so they came to her and brought their money with them. After she had lulled Samson to sleep on her lap, she called for them to cut off the seven locks of his hair. Thus she weakened him and his strength left him. This time, when she cried, Samson, the Philistines have come. He woke up and went to free himself as he had before, but God was no longer with him. The Philistines seized Samson and blinded him. Then they took Samson, his feet bound in bronze shackles, down to the temple of their god, Dagon, and imprisoned him there as a mill slave, grinding grain. But Samson's hair soon began to grow back. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to celebrate and offer a great sacrifice to their god, Dagon. When the people saw Samson, they sang, Our God has delivered Samson, the enemy who ruined our land and killed so many of us, into our hands. And the people cried, make Samson dance for us. And so Samson danced for them. Samson said to the boy who was leading him by the hand, let go of me. Let me rest against the pillars that the temple rests on. The temple was filled with 3,000 men and women on the roof, including all the lords of the Philistines. And they were all watching Samson dance. And then Samson cried out to God, Oh God, remember me. Give me strength one last time. Let me take my revenge on the Philistines, if only for one of my two eyes. With his two arms, Samson gripped the two middle pillars that the temple rested upon and cried, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pulled with all his might. The temple came crashing down on the lords of the Philistines and upon all the people. Those who died outnumbered those that Samson had killed during his entire life. Samson's brothers and all his family came and carried him to the tomb where his father Manoah was buried and buried him. Samson was a judge in Israel for 20 years. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sisters and brothers, in our Lord Jesus Christ, as we have walked through the book of Judges this winter, we've seen the downward spiral of Israel's rebellion and God's deliverance. We know the pattern by now. Israel sins, God hands them over to their enemies, 
Israel cries out to God, and God raises up a deliverer, a savior, who leads the armies of Israel in victorious battle against their enemies, and who leads God's people in righteousness and truth all their days. But with Samson, we hardly recognize the cycle. Israel falls into sin and is conquered by the Philistines, but nobody cries out. Nobody prays to God for salvation. Nobody seems too bothered by the fact that the Philistines rule over God's people. The people do not turn to God to save them. And Samson doesn't lead Israel in the way that we expect a judge to act. He doesn't unify Israel. He doesn't lead Israel's armies. He doesn't model truth and justice for God's people. His acts of might, his acts of power when the Spirit of God comes on him, are acts of personal revenge for personal offenses. His leadership is just being the biggest, meanest guy in town. And his life is hardly the life of a man of God, characterized by debauchery, licentiousness, violence. Samson is the last of the judges. But the reality is that he's not really a judge. Samson doesn't care about justice, except maybe for what he perceives as justice for his own ego, his own image. He doesn't care that Israel is ruled by the Philistines, except for when the Philistines embarrass him or wrong him. Samson is not a judge. But despite this, Samson's story has fascinated Jewish and Christian imaginations for millennia. And when we hear the story, it's not hard to see why. Samson is the biblical Superman. The man born with everything. He single-handedly defeats the enemies of God's people. Jewish folklore holds that Samson could uproot enormous trees and carry them on his shoulders, that he could toss mountains with his bare hands. When the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he could leap from Zorah to Eshtael in a single step. And the seven locks of his hair would clash together in a way that the sound could be heard throughout the hill country of Judea. Samson's name means sun man, man of the sun. And he struts through life with the strength of Hercules and lives a lifestyle that would rival that of any modern-day movie star. 
women and feasts and fights and legends and songs. In reality, Samson seems and acts more like a sun god than a sun man. Many people have pointed out the parallels between Samson's story and the story of Jesus in the New Testament. Both Samson and Jesus' births are announced to their mothers by angels. Both are marked from birth for a special purpose, to save God's people. Samson is born of a barren woman and Jesus is born of a virgin. Samson is betrayed by his closest friend, I guess, in exchange for a payment of silver. Jesus is betrayed by Judas in exchange for silver. Both are arrested, both are beaten, both are mocked before their deaths. The truth of the matter is that if there ever was a judge who was set up for success, it was Samson. Throughout the book of Judges, we've seen how God raised up surprising people, people we didn't expect to deliver his people, to save his people. A left-handed Benjamite, a fiery woman prophet, a cowardly draft dodger who hides in his wine press, a mountain gangster. But Samson is not a surprise. Samson is who we would expect to become a judge. Samson is consecrated from the day that he is born. His birth, his very birth is a miracle. God literally gives him superpowers. God gives Samson everything that we could ever imagine to ask for in a savior. The surprise in the story of Samson is how, in spite of all this, how utterly and completely he fails. For all the parallels between Samson and Jesus, for all the gifts that God gives this son God incarnate, Samson is about as far from Christ as he could be. Samson has no regard for God's law. He visits prostitutes. He dishonors his parents. He pursues ungodly women. He makes himself unclean, not only by touching rotting carcasses, but by eating from them and tricking others into eating from them as well. He abandons his wife, he kills on a whim, he steals and destroys the property and livelihood of others, and he lies to those he loves. Samson is debauched, self-absorbed, licentious, self-indulgent, promiscuous, unrestrained, rude, incorrigible, and godless. 
Samson is not a type of Christ. Samson is not a proto-Christ. Samson is not an Old Testament shadow of the Christ who is to come. Samson is an anti-Christ. When we read the whole story of Samson, the story of his capture and enslavement really isn't that surprising. Unlike the judges before him, Samson isn't the answer to Israel's prayers. You might have noticed that God's people didn't even cry out to God in this story. Samson never unites Israel. He never leads Israel's armies. He never judges Israel. He never calls Israel back to God. At one point, out of fear for what the Philistines might do, Samson's own people arrest him and hand him over to the Philistines. And in the end, the man of the sun gives his heart not to God, but to Delilah, whose name, get this, whose name means of the night. The man of the sun is consumed by the woman of the night. And as the night consumes the light of the sun, Delilah consumes consumes Samson's strength and leads to his downfall. Samson is captured, his eyes are blinded, and he's made to work a mill grinding grain, walking in a circle, grinding grain. Sometimes I wonder if Jesus was thinking of Samson when he said, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and throw it away. The end of Samson's story is a troubling piece of dramatic irony. As Samson is blinded, our eyes are opened to see this story for what it really is to see Samson for what he really is, a blind man spinning in circles. When we read Samson's story as a whole, it's clear to us that long before his eyes are put out, Samson suffers from a spiritual blindness. Long before he's bound to a mill and made to walk in circles, it's clear to us that Samson is bound to his sin and repeats in his own life the downward cycle that Israel has been on for the entire book of Judges. Unfaithfulness and rebellion. And long before Samson prays, the only prayer that we hear through his entire life, it's clear to us that God was there the whole time, just waiting, waiting for Samson, waiting for Israel, waiting for his people to cry out to him and receive the free gift of salvation. Maybe some of you see Samson's story in yourselves. God has given us so much, and yet we fall into sin. God has given us so much, and yet we are plagued by a spiritual blindness that binds our souls in shackles to the millstone of sin. Samson falls prey to lust and pride, to self-reliance and self-indulgence. And how often don't we fall prey to the same? 
lust of the eyes that makes us pursue the pleasures of this world more than the things of God, a trust in ourselves that makes us store up our treasures here on earth rather than in heaven, an appetite for self-indulgence that makes us chase after vain and empty things instead of things that are eternal, a pride in our own strength that makes us feel like we are invulnerable When we strip away the illusions, strip away the lies, and look deep within our souls, how many of us are blind and bound and spinning in circles, surrounded by enemies of our own making? Sisters and brothers, there, there is no happy ending to Samson's story. At the end of his life, Samson cries out to God and once again uses the gifts that God has given him for an act of personal revenge. His story ends in a dramatic display of violence that is just a shadow, a foretaste of the darkness that we're about to plunge into as we end the book of Judges. But Samson's story does point us to Christ. Not by his example, but by contrast. Samson is a failed deliverer who makes us long for the true deliverer. A blind judge who makes us long for the judge who sees and judges rightly. A man who thought he was a god who points us to the one who, though he was in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave being made in human likeness and being found in form as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Samson's story reminds us that in Christ, the weak are made strong. The blind see. The prisoners are freed. The lame walk. The sinner is forgiven. The dead are raised to life. And true justice is found not in vengeance or in the exercise of power, but in humility, in obedience in righteousness, in peacemaking, in caring for others, and in the free gift of God's grace. By the gift of God's Spirit, our blind eyes are opened. The chains of sin are broken. And we are free to live lives of thankfulness 
in obedience to the God who saves us from ourselves. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, O Lord our God, we confess to you that we often fall into sin, in spite of the gifts of your grace in spite of everything that you have accomplished for us in Christ, still we are weak. We need your forgiveness. We need the true King who rules over all things to set us free from the powers of darkness. And so we pray, O Lord, once again, that you would forgive our sins, that you would cleanse us from unrighteousness, that you would open our eyes, that you would loose our chains, that you would set us free, that you would raise us from the dead, that we may walk in newness of life, that our lives may be thanksgiving for the goodness of the Lord. Strengthen us, O Lord, we pray, for our walk on this earth. Give us the power of your Spirit to lead us in righteousness and in justice all the days of our lives. This we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ.